Professional football in America is a special game, a unique game. Played nowhere else on earth, it is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. This stuff lights your firemen, the pilot lights out. This football team is coming into our place. They're standing in our way. This is a game of the heart. Focus and finish. A time for achievement, a time for purpose, a time for glory. VIP listeners, you are now on the mark. Welcome to our NFL Championship Weekend Preview episode. We got two great games this weekend, Sunday. Always love Championship Weekend. It's always an exciting time. I always saw it as organizations hopeful to write history. And I'm of the mindset that getting to the Super Bowl and getting to Championship Weekend, to be honest, does define a successful season. I'm in the minority in this day and age and thinking that way. I think if you are in the Final Four, regardless of what your expectations were going into the season, for the most part, 90% of the time, I would categorize it as a successful season. These are two major games this weekend, gang. And that's how I look at it. Uh, Four organizations hopeful of writing history. I totally agree. Personally, I think that this weekend is a matchup kind of too similar. You have two veteran teams with veteran quarterbacks, teams that have won it before in some regards, against the new NFL, against the new guns, the young comers, trying to come up and take the next step. Yeah, gang, that's the storyline of this weekend. The young guns versus the old guns. Absolutely. Mahomes versus Brady and Goff versus Breeze. And it's pretty symbolic in a lot of ways. Now, as much as people like to talk up how the game is changing, this, that, and the other, I think in a lot of ways the game is still the same. Now, a lot of people believe that the Saints-Rams matchup down in New Orleans at 305 is the game of the day. I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory, but it's a fun matchup to watch, you know, regardless of whether you're a fan of uh, either team. They met earlier in the season where the Saints won 45-35 in a shootout. A lot has changed since that game. But I believe these are the two rifle teams to be playing championship weekend. I do believe these are the two best teams in the NFC. The Rams bulked up on free agents and all kinds of trades this past offseason. So much so that I think they only have four draft picks going into going into this year's draft. The Saints got an all-time career year out of Drew Brees, and the combination of Ingram and Kamara has been pretty special. I don't think this is going to be a 45-35 matchup, but points are going to be scored. I think the Saints are going to look a little more potent on offense than they did against the Eagles. I'm not going to give you the prediction just yet, but I think it's going to be high scoring. I think the Saints win the game, and I think Drew Brees cements his legacy as one of the best to ever do it. Benny, what are you thinking? Early on, I'm actually leaning Rams, and I think one of the X-Factors of this 
game is going to be the run game for both teams. I think early on, actually, both teams are going to try and go over the top and pass the ball. Because if I'm Sean McVay and I'm thinking, what do the Saints think I'm going to come out and do after having 200-yard rushers against Dallas and playing a guy like Drew Brees in the Superdome, I think the Saints want to believe that the Rams want to run the ball early. So Sean McVay is going to go the other way and go over the top. And for the Saints, I think after losing 14 to nothing early last week, coming out of the gate slow, they're going to want to do the exact opposite. So they're going to want to go over the top two. I could see early points in this game, but then I think both teams switch to more of a running game, whether it's because one is up by two scores or more, or it's because it's back and forth and now the time of possession becomes a huge right. X Yeah, this isn't going to be a take the air out of the ball kind of game. Not at all. And, I mean, you look at the Rams. Over the second half of the season, they definitely slowed down offensively especially. But, again, teams were tempting them to run the ball. They were forcing them to run the ball with how they were playing them against the pass. Mm-hmm. And if you go back, they had a stretch where they got outrushed four out of five straight games. Then, the last three games that they've played – two almost meaningless games at the regular season obviously the Dallas game they've significantly outrushed their opponent I think that the Saints defense especially after losing Hankins their D tackle their best run stopper oh Sheldon Rankins Rankins Hankins Rankins whichever <laughs> one Hanky Pooh. yes their best run defender <laughs> I think that that's going to be a problem for the Saints, and ultimately the Rams are able to run the ball more effectively in this game. Sure, look, the Rams just ran for a ton of yards with C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley. It was pretty uh, shocking. They were in a physical game with the Cowboys, though. Cowboys threw their punches. The Cowboys competed. I respected how they kept the game close and they had a chance. I don't think that C.J. Anderson will go off for all those yards again. Let's not take away what, uh, from what the Saints did last week to the Eagles. The Eagles came out hot. They came out firing. And then what? They didn't score again, did they? They scored 14 in the first quarter. They didn't score for the rest of the night, did they? No. And but... the Saints got an INT to cap it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to take away from what the Saints team has done defensively. I think the Saints are more balanced than people think. I think the Rams, okay, this is my shortcoming with the Rams. Because even if they do win this game, I don't believe they'll win the Super Bowl. I don't think they have the chemistry yet, the continuity. I think Akeem Tlaib and Marcus Peters are both head cases. I'm not a solid believer in Goff. Yes, I like how he delivers the ball when he throws it from his ideal part of the pocket. But when you make him start moving his feet and he starts chopping those feet... He loses that accuracy. He starts throwing some goofy passes. He, you know, drives stall with him. I've seen it against teams that weren't even that special. If you get him off his mark in the pocket, he will start missing. And the Saints have made people pay for that. Uh, the Saints' defense competes. They, they're experienced. Their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, although, <clears throat> excuse me, although he wasn't the best head coach, he's a very good coordinator. Good track record with the Broncos, and he's done a nice job with the Saints' defense. I, I, I think McVay is an excellent coach, but a lot of his hype, a lot of the hoorah is coming from the media. We have to watch out for that at times. It's, it can be a lot of, for lack of a better term in football, fake news. There can be a lot of that. Listen, I think the Saints have a nice defense. I, I actually really like the Saints' defense at times. 
I think the Rankins injury is going to hurt them, but I think ultimately they're just last week they were playing an Eagles team who weapons were banged up, obviously on a backup quarterback, even if he's a really good backup quarterback, he he's not a starting quarterback for a reason for them. So ultimately that was too much for the Eagles to overcome the Saints defense. But I think this weekend the Rams have way too many weapons. Do I think Anderson's going to have a huge day? No, probably not. But is he going to be able to contribute as another factor? I mean, everyone wants to look at Cooks. Everyone wants to look at Gurley and keep and in Woods. mind, Benny, not to cut you off. Here come the Rams cross country. A little bit of an odd time uh, at kickoff. Body clocks not totally registered on that. So, gang, I'm just going to lay out my prediction here. The Saints go marching, 34, 31. I gotta disagree. I'm going Rams. I I see probably more like 38, 38, 28. I think the Saints wind up getting almost blown out at home. Yeah, and you know what's funny about this game, Benny? I see an instance where there's a special teams or defensive score. Okay. Maybe one uh, each team getting one of each. And when I say one of each, one or the other. But each team game. I will say first half over. I do love. What's that number? I believe I got it at like 28, 28 and a half. Because the total for the game is what, 54 and a half? 56 and a half. 56 and a half. Yeah, and last week I absolutely loved the first half under of this Saints game, and I hit on it. Yeah, I uh... somewhat luckily hit on it, I'll say. I'll give, but still hit. Okay, all right. Now let's move on to the AFC matchup. The New England Patriots traveled a frigid arrowhead. To face off against these Kansas City Chiefs, led by the young gun, Pat Mahomes, and Candy Andy Reid, Big Red. Andy needs this one, Benny. And I'm going back and forth with this, whether it's, you know, using my heart or using my mind. It's tough. Chiefs are a three-point favorite. It's going to be frigid. The Pats lost their two AFC championship games in frigid Denver. It's really tough. I think when you look at the coaches, I call it a wash. Because Andy Reid has beat Belichick. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid has beat Belichick. When you look at the quarterbacks, the way Mahomes has played at an MVP level, and I know the savvy and the moxie and the brilliance of Tom Brady but I got to call it a wash again. Then you go to the playmakers, and you say, well, the, the Chiefs have more playmakers. But then you really break that one down. They have Tyreek Hill, who's fantastic. But other than that, the running back is essentially just a product of Reed's system. Kelsey can be taken out of a game by a good defense. The Patriots will find a way to bracket Kelsey and reduce his impact. Well, I think Kelsey might be the guy that, out of all of them, does get the yards. Because, because of the weather? Well, because of the weather in part, but there has to be somebody. But, you can't, right, get with you me can't here, double though. all of them. No, of course. So get with me here. Sure. Who do you think the Patriots are more likely to take out of the game completely? Tyreek Hill or Kelsey? 
I think Tyree Kill. I think when you look at the first matchup, they doubled Tyree Kill with people not named Gilman and had Gilman one-on-one. -on -one. Stephen Gilmore. Gilmore, Gilman, whatever. Sid Gilman from the Chargers. Yeah, they had him one-on-one -on, -one <laughs> on the other side with Watkins. So I think that's going to be identical to what they're going to do. I don't think they're going to mix it up. Now, I do think that Belichick held a lot of his tricks and a lot of his stuff in that first game against the Chiefs. But I think as far as that, I think he that's what he wants to do. And I think that it worked out for them the first time. you got to be asking yourself, are the Patriots this year going to go 2-0 and against these Chiefs? Both very solid teams. Both really solid. Where the quarterback's a wash and, and both coaches are a wash. Are, are the Patriots going to go 2-0 and in this circumstance? Being the second game on the road in 15-degree weather if not colder than that. I want the Patriots to win this game. I do. But I'm having a hard time picking it. And I'm going to pick it. I'm going to put my name on it. But it's tough, Benny. It really is. I envision a lower scoring game. I'll say that. I really do. I think you're talking 20-17, to 20-14. I don't think you're going to see a Mahomes showcase game. I think this is another instance where the Patriots are almost guaranteed to pick one off from Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Bait him into something. Oh, it's tough, Benny. Uh, let me put my name on it. Let me autograph this. It's wild. It's silly. I'm, I'm going to regret it. And look, when we're recording this, this is a few days out from the game. My honest opinion could change, and I'll tweet it out if it does. I'm going to go with a funky score here. Patriots 20, Chiefs 19. Hmm. Okay. I, uh, I'm i going to roll Patriots as well with you. Okay, I'm kind of glad, relieved to hear that. Yeah, I'm definitely rolling Patriots. Not many people in the country are feeling too good about the Pats. Which is even more why I love the Pats. I mean, well, I got to see. Well, that's why you know I loved them against the Chargers. I know. And you I... know I was all over that from day one. Well, funny enough, you bring up those Chargers because that honestly is a big X factor when examining these two teams and how they're playing recently against a familiar opponent and if you look they played the chargers one month apart from each other both played them at home the chiefs you remember that was a huge game they beat the chargers there they wrapped oh, yeah, up the yeah, division yeah, yeah, yeah. the chargers thursday night game yes the chargers wound up winning that thursday night game on the road which is almost impossible to do in that huge of a moment now wound up not mattering obviously the chiefs won the division having said that at the time it was huge the Chiefs blew that lead to lose by one that night. Meanwhile, the Patriots, we all know, last weekend absolutely smoked the Chargers at home. Obviously a playoff game, but that Chiefs-Chargers game was essentially a playoff atmosphere. So I, I want to put that in a similar category. I think the Patriots showed they are much better than the Chargers, whereas the Chiefs are questionably better than the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a, it's more of a uh, coin toss. So to me, I got to roll New England. I also have a funky prop bet for you. I don't know exactly what it's set at, but whatever James White's over-under receptions are, got to go over, man. Yeah. I have a weird stat. So the top three most receptions in a playoff game in the NFL, all of them running backs, including James White oh, last I, weekend yeah, yeah. and James White in the Super Bowl, I yeah. believe, last year or two years yeah. ago. I'm a big believer in that. But, yeah, interesting. It is. That the top three it most recep 
receptions in a game in the playoffs are all by running back. Side note, uh, Patriots running back Rex Burkhead is a free agent this offseason. I think he could be a nice piece for a lot of for, – for, for let me correct that. I think he could be a nice piece for a few teams that would know how to use him right. I was going to say, if he goes somewhere cool, if he goes somewhere cool, maybe they use him right. right. But odds are like he winds with a John up. Gruden. Yeah, odds are he winds up somewhere more bogus, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, and work it yet. fades. Yeah, yeah. The Miami Dolphins pay him a ton of money. Let me uh, give you another little side note, little scribbled out paragraph here, gang. I just want to put on to you guys, and it's something I've been noticing. And the Rams catch a break with this. The Patriots are prepped to go play these cold weather games. Mm-hmm. They live in it. Mm-hmm. But in the Northeast also, in the beginning of the season, you get the real hot games. So they could go out to the West Coast and play in one of those too. These teams based in the Northeast are at a huge advantage in terms of going anywhere in the country to play football. Absolutely. Whether it's ultra heat or ultra cold. Totally. It's a total advantage over all the California teams. I agree. And all the uh, warm weather dome teams. Just last week, the Patriots were practicing in the snow. Mm-hmm. check said, we're going out there, gang. Yeah. The Chargers were shit in their pants that they were going to have to play a snow game. And then the forecast changed. I know. If you remember. Yeah. Whatever. The Chargers weren't going to win that game on if they played it on the moon. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but they're, just recognize, gang, that innate, that innate advantage of being a team in the Northeast. Because when other teams have to travel to outdoor games late in the season— like the Raiders, Chargers, Rams, whatever, you see a noticeable difference. Yeah. Remember Miami had that playoff game in Pittsburgh not too long mm-hmm. ago? They looked like hell. Yeah. You know, it's a noticeable thing. And But, Benny, you, I know you'll agree, the great teams will always overcome. Yeah, no absolutely. Matter what. I totally agree. Yeah. But another X factor of that nice weather California that's going to attract more of a softer player sometimes. Now, not every time that someone signs in a nice weather place, it's because of that. But there, I am sure, are quite a few NFL players who sign with a Miami or yeah, Oakland course. or L.A. because they're soft. Yeah. Well, they're they, they, softer they want, they're, than they want, a they normal guy. They want to be in the warm weather. Yeah. yeah. They're softer than somebody who yeah. doesn't mind going out there for three months. On a personal months. level, not even on a football level. Yes. Like, it, what's it, in their soul. Yeah. They don't want to go out there for three months in the cold. Yeah. They want to be in warm, nice weather. And yeah. then if they have to show up one day and play in the cold every week, then that's fine by them. But And, folks, we're not here talking about, you know, high school kids. No. We're talking about multimillionaires. Yeah. So with that comes a sense of comfort and comes a sense of softening up already. Absolutely. So then you take the person who's been softened by the money and the yeah. prestige, and then he still will want to go to a Miami. Absolutely. Or that's a softer type of player. It's a softer type of player. That's why I always like when warm weather teams draft a kid from Michigan. Sure. Wisconsin. Absolutely. Nebraska, you know, cold, cold areas of the country. Well, funny enough, not necessarily because they have cold weather guys, but that's one of the reasons I actually like the Rams in this spot because normally yeah, I just, probably wouldn't like dome. the Rams. I know. They got uh, – well, it's not just the dome, but they have guys that mentally could go there that are tough yeah, enough. no. And Dominican Sue doesn't care about that. I wasn't that. taking Todd yeah, Gurley doesn't care about that. Akeem Tlaib yes, played in Denver. Exactly. Yeah, like no, they have yeah, I get that. guys that have that's done it not, more than a few that's times. That's not where my pick's coming from. No, I hear you. Um, I just don't think Goff is ready. I just don't think McVay, as good as he is, 
I think there's still something left to be proved, proven. I, I, I hear you. I just think early in the game, it's going to be a shootout. And I think both teams can keep up with each other in that instance. And then as the game progresses, it becomes more of a running game. And I believe the Rams are going to win that battle. Oh, and hey, I got you. So, gang, Super Bowl, Mark's got the Saints and the Pats. Benny, you have the Rams and the Pats. Yeah, man. I and think both the match. Pats cruise to that Super Bowl in my reality. In the Rams Patriots. Oh, in the Super Bowl. In yes. The, oh, yeah. In the Rams Patriots. Oh, that'd be reality. A candy from baby. Oh, the Patriots dominate. Doesn't it make perfect sense that Tom Brady gets one last ring? Because if it's the Saints, it makes sense that Drew Brees gets one last right. ring there. And then does Brady ever actually make it back? What I like about the Saints is it almost feels like they haven't played their best in a little while. Sure. Now I think they're going to play their best in the last two. Okay, I agree. <laughs> but, uh, can I, uh, the Saints go marching, gang. I actually want to throw this before we're done reality situation out there. I was talking to a good friend, Tony Nicky. I about. don't like reality, Benny. Don't do this Well, to it's me. a fictional reality. But <laughs> how often – okay, so we see oftentimes these dynasties, these – famous players once it stops working it goes down a notch each time you know what i mean so the patriots won a super bowl two years ago then they lose in the super bowl last year now do they lose in the conference championship and then next year yeah, it's like what happened to divisional. the philadelphia phillies exactly that's the, the exact analogy that was brought to but me. the patriots have overcome that before i where totally they lost think super they bowl will years ago i totally think back. they yeah, will bill belichick here having said that that's a weird reality i could possibly it, see us it, living in it it's only looking back it's on. only a potential reality because of the age of tom brady exactly that's the only reason why sure but I believe Tom's going to be around for a few more years. I do, too, unless they lose this one, and then next year they lose in a divisional round. Right. Then maybe there's one last magical run. Right. But maybe well, not. Sent, the, the Patriots are sending their doofus linebackers coach to be the Dolphins coach. He's going to stink. Sure. Adam Gase was making all types of insane Googly eyes. eyes. So I, God knows what we're going to get from the Jets. I'll say this. I like the Gase hire. I love the Gase the hire. Until the press conference. Yes. Did you see the video where they put a little taco, taco emoji? Uh, that was amazing. unbelievable. Uh, but he after the after the googly-eyed press conference, he came back and made a great hire for his defensive coordinator. I'm a big Greg Williams fan. Yeah, me I too. I believe he'll get that Jets defense tough like I they like used the to Jets be. a lot. If me too. Donald's Adam Gase a good isn't one. staring out into the sky, <laughs> trying to call a play, but no he can't idea. keep his eyes off the sky. No Stargazing. idea. Stargazing. Yeah. But whatever, gang. There it is. Our NFL Championship Weekend preview. Hope you enjoyed it. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. It always is, gang. When we have sports content to deliver, we deliver it with the best of them. Until next time, gang, you are now off the mark. This is what we stand for, is the team. This is what symbolizes. Not the guy who leaves the league in behind, not the guy who's got 15 sacks, not the guy who's got 12 yards rushing. It represents the team. That's the toughest, smartest, most confident team. Right? And if you think back to our season, no matter what tough spot you met, in the end, the reason why you won was because you identified the situation, you heard the call, and you did your job. And that's what execution is about. This game's about execution. There's one chance. Let me just read you a little something here. I thought this was kind of interesting. First, I thought it was, I couldn't believe it, but it's actually true. 
talking about the Philadelphia parade after the game. All right, it's 11 o'clock in case anyone want to attend that. It's going to go from Broad Street up to Washington Avenue, past City Hall, then down to Benjamin Franklin Parkway, and we'll end up at the Art Museum. Plant today, right? So. so, six months, this is over six months now, we've been working at this. And today, you got a chance to do something very special. It all comes down to our execution. Do your job. Do your job. Be visible. You'll be champions again. Look, look, look. Fires to the right. Touchdown. It's a David Gibbs. Three out of four. Yes, it's a dynasty. For a team to accomplish the goals, everybody's got to give up a little bit of their individuality. And that's what these players did. And that's why they're champions.